Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. Members of our audience may be familiar with the name Jack Phillips. Uh, Mr. Phillips is the owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop in Lakewood, Colorado. He, of course, is a professing Christian who has refused to create custom cakes that express messages that are contrary to his Christian beliefs or, or create cakes that celebrate some lifestyle that's contrary to his religious beliefs. Because of this, of course, most Americans are familiar with his story that he's been sued, he's been fined, he's been threatened, he's been harassed, and his case made it all the way to the United States Supreme Court. Of course, the justices there threw out the legal case against him. Now, despite his victory, there have been continued legal action that has been brought against him. Knowing this, seeing what's happening to him, how should American Christian believers respond to these events? How should we respond in general to threats against our religious liberty here in the United States? And how can we aid in the fight to preserve religious liberty? I think it's important for us to stand up for religious freedom. Now, let's take his case a little bit further because I think it's instructive. As a baker, he would serve all customers. It didn't matter uh, if they were homosexual, heterosexual, or whatever. He didn't inquire, I don't think, but he, he actually had people, customers, and friends that he knew, for example, were homosexual, and he served them. So this, despite the media uh, and liberal portrayals, this is not a case of discrimination, even on the basis of homosexual identity. All he refused to do is he wouldn't bake a cake for a same-sex wedding, and he went all the way to the Supreme Court and won. Now they started all over suing again, which I think that in itself shows you it's grossly unfair because they're not willing to accept what is obviously the Supreme Court's decision. They're trying to make a test case to hurt a man, destroy his livelihood because they hate what he believes. That's the opposite of freedom of religion and even freedom of speech. So the latest thing he refused to do to make a cake for a gender transition ceremony. So notice clearly, he's not discriminating on the basis of, of somebody's identity, even if it's their professed identity. He's not making a judgment call on if you want to be homosexual, heterosexual, if you want to claim you're a man transition to a woman or vice versa. I'm not going to attack you or discriminate against you. I will... Uh, to serve you as, as a customer, but when I'm being asked to endorse something that I don't believe, in this case a ceremony, then I reserve the right of freedom of religion, freedom of speech, not to endorse it. And, of course, a good example would be we stand against racism. We should serve customers, black, white, brown, Asian, whatever. But if someone comes to us and say, I'm having a Ku Klux Klan barbecue, would you put on my cake? congratulations to the 100th anniversary of the KKK, well, do I have a right to say, hey, I don't want to bake that cake because I don't believe that? Or do I have to with the name of, you know, not offending these racist white people <laughs> that I have to make their cake with their racist slogan on it? Or even worse, you know, 
some hateful slogan against African Americans or Asians? Well, obviously not. So even our culture is not being consistent in this. So to get to your question, yes, we must stand up for religious freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of press, freedom uh, to protest peacefully, uh, and freedom to worship God, freedom to preach from the pulpit, freedom to publish our books. So the first thing is we must pray. Pray for God to intervene. Change the hearts of people. Second, we must vote. Since we live in a democracy, we have this opportunity. This is one way we can exert our will and express our opinions, speak our voice. We need to take advantage of that. And if we're aggravated at all these things, we've got to vote. Third, I think we can support uh, political, as individuals, we can support political action that would protect freedom of speech. Now, as a church, we don't endorse officially political candidates or political parties, and there's a good reason. We want to be a church for everyone. We want everyone to feel welcome to come to become part of our church and not feel like they have to belong to a party. Second, we we don't necessarily agree with any stand, uh, all the stands of any politician, and we don't want to be at risk of we say, well, this is my politician, and then they say or do something that's contrary to Christian values or apostolic values, then we're seen as somehow supporting that. So as the church, we have to keep our voice independent. But as individuals, we can participate in campaigns, support campaigns, even run for office ourselves. So there is a distinction between what we can do as as private citizens. But now, going back to the church, I think as the church, we've got to network with others who believe the same message. And even though, uh, even people that don't agree on our doctrine, but they agree on freedom of religion, we've got to partner with them and join with them. We can and should be involved in the political process of speaking to our moral values, speaking to policies that we support, and speaking of religious freedom especially. So to be very practical, the UPCI has endorsed an, uh, an action organization called the NACLC, the National Apostolic Christian Leadership Conference. And in fact, um, I have an upcoming meeting with leaders of other apostolic organizations. We're going to sit down and put flesh on this organization. And our goal is to have um, two arms. There is the alliance where individuals and churches can join together, pool our resources, and advocate for policies that we support provide legal defense for people just like Jack that you mentioned. And then we also want to have an action arm uh, where we go state by state and we organize uh, our church people and other church people to support laws and policies that will favor uh, religious liberty. And so we're working on that. And we have formed an alliance or a partnership with the Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF. That is a conservative group of Christian lawyers that specialize in legal legal protection, defending religious liberty. And so what's very interesting, if a church joins the NACLC, which is our endorsed organization, they automatically, at no extra charge, get to be a member of the ADF, which immediately provides them legal protection. So they will have lawyers that will review all their documents and advise them on anything affecting religious liberty. And if they're ever sued or in an adversary relationship with a city that's trying to regulate them, 
then they will have lawyers to help them at no charge. And the ADF is is actually uh, is the one who took Jack's case all the way to the Supreme Court and won, and they're now taking Jack's new case. So when you support the NACLC, you are actually giving resources to help defend the man that you mentioned in your illustration. So yes, I believe that we can, and in fact, we are trying to defend religious liberty in the United States of America, and we're trying to extend similar type protections around the world as possible. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast. We hope you'll make plans to join us again next time when once again we take a look at how the Bible applies to our everyday lives.